Hey everybody, welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and today I have a special treat for you guys. We just launched yesterday the 500K Challenge. So I created a 30-day challenge that was arguably the best stuff that I've put together on raising money. I am so proud and excited about this challenge. I've had some beta testers go through it. They absolutely have loved it. The feedback has been amazing. And today what I want to do is something that I rarely do, but I want to show you behind the scenes of the challenge. So I interviewed Scott Maurer from Advanta IRA to talk about the ins and outs of using IRAs and 401ks inside the challenge for everybody that's listening. And this is just one of the 30 days of videos and trainings that I put together. So I want to just give it to you guys on the podcast today. I know that you're going to like it. I know that you're going to learn a lot. Scott and his team at Advanta IRA are absolutely amazing. Top notch completely. I use them for all of my lenders, for my IRA and 401k and everything. So uh, without further ado, let's jump in and see behind the scenes of the challenge. And if you're not already in this challenge, you can go to 500kchallenge.com and sign up right now. You're not going to want to miss it. For a very, very small fee, you can figure out how to raise a lot of money. So here's Scott and my interview inside of my 500K challenge. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this 500K challenge, and we're getting towards the end. We're in the, about the last week, kind of the home stretch. We just went through some of the cold traffic stuff, so pulling a list from list source of uh, people that you haven't worked with before. You're continuing your Facebook Live challenges. You're going through a lot of the cold traffic, warm traffic, hot traffic. All the people that have been reaching out to you probably have raised some money already. And we've mentioned IRAs, 401ks, and all these different things, a custodian. And I've gotten some questions as to what is a custodian? How do I move somebody's money from uh, a 401k in their company right now to a, a self-directed 401k, a solo 401k, something like that? What about IRAs? So what I wanted to do was a couple years ago, I, I got connected to Advanta IRA, which is a phenomenal uh, IRA custodian. And I moved my money from my previous IRA company over there and all of my lenders and everything. And I just found an amazing company here. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring on the expert instead of me talking about what an IRA is, what a self-directed 401k, those kind of things. And then I can throw in a little bit of my experience of how I've moved some people's money over and how I use mine personally. And then uh, Scott today with Advanta IRA can share some things with you guys about how they operate from their side. Because believe me, if I have a question or I don't know what's going on, I just reach out to Scott. And when somebody says, hey, I, I have a lender who uh, wants to move their money, I say, hey, go to Scott. Like he's the guy, they can take care of you. They'll hook you up. And a good friend of mine, Jason Yarusi, uh, linked us up a few years ago and it's been an incredible experience. What I find with most self-directed IRA custodians that I've worked with in the past and have heard from other people is you got two things. You've got somebody who is inexpensive, but doesn't have the customer service. And then you have somebody who has like incredible customer service, but is absolutely outrageously expensive. And I know that's just kind of a blanket statement, but from all the people, I have vetted tons and tons of companies. And this one I absolutely love because I feel like they're affordable and they have phenomenal customer service. So hopefully that's, uh, that is uh, a recommendation that drives you guys towards an incredible company that I absolutely love. But Scott and the team, like I have 
reached out to Scott where I'm at the end of a fiscal year, like at the end of tax time or the end of the, the annual year, and I have to get something set up. And he's jumped through hoops to make it happen for me. It's absolutely amazing. And that's the customer service that keeps people coming back, keeps them going. So Scott, Scott Maurer, first of all, thanks for being with me, uh, representing Avanta IRA. Could you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you guys do? Sure, Bill. Th thanks for the phenomenal introduction. Yeah, my name is Scott Maurer. I'm the Director of Business Development for Advanta IRA, and we are, a, as we're going to talk about today, a self-directed uh, IRA administrator and custodian. So the, uh, you know, a little bit on my background, I'm an, I'm an attorney by degree. I don't do any legal work for our company, but I've been in the industry now uh, since early 2006, and a lot of the self-directed IRA stuff was completely new to me when I started. Uh, and I've learned, you know, over the years, obviously the business and all the ins and outs and, and, and seen a lot of people do a lot of different things uh, with their IRA and their 401k. Um, and really what our company does that's, that's different, obviously people are, are calling and they're, they're listening to this and they've been probably reading up a little bit on self-directed IRAs. But what we do is provide that service to hold what we consider to be truly alternative assets inside a retirement plan. So people wanting to get outside of mutual funds and stocks and put that money into, you know, various real estate investments, various private lending investments, private placements. Uh, there's so many different things you can do with your IRA account or your old 401k, or, and certainly potentially the people that you're looking to raise capital from, they have money in their IRAs, they have money in their 401ks looking for something better than, you know, what maybe they're getting in the stock market or looking for something a little more stable and secure. Um, so we provide that service uh, to individuals. I'm happy to kind of go through some of the ins and outs with, with you guys here today. Yeah, so just to set the stage here, we're coming off this kind of catch-up day for you guys. You've reached back out. You've looked at how far that you've come over these past few weeks in this, this money-raising challenge. A lot of you have reached out. You've raised a ton of money already. But what I think, that what I love is the IRA and 401k and the kind of money that we're looking for. And if, if, you're, a, if you're an apartment investor and you want some you, like long-term money, right, that people are going to keep with you for three years, five years, 10 years, even 30 years. And then you've got landlords that are in this challenge that are looking to raise money for maybe it's a monthly payment for 30 years on a, on a rental property, or maybe it's fix and flippers. The IRA and 401k money for most people is stuff that is more of a long-term investment, long-term strategy. For those flippers that are out there looking for uh, fix and flip loans, these are things that can be balloon payments at the end. So they don't need necessarily need monthly interest payments usually. So a lot of times what we do is we write a note that has a balloon payment like we talked about in the first couple weeks of the challenge. So the IRA and 401k money is just incredible. Some people that might not have a lot of money in their bank account might have millions of dollars in their IRAs and 401ks and have no idea that they can use it as a real estate lender. You know, and so what I want to focus on today is how do we reach out to those people that have that money and use it to lend to us in our business, as opposed to like us using it in our business for you know, loaning money to other people or maybe some rental properties and stuff like that. So Scott, what I'd like to focus on is those people, and you probably, I don't know if you know the number, but I know there's hundreds of millions of dollars out there that's probably sitting in your accounts idle right now. So what we covered in the beginning of this challenge is there's way more money than there is deals out there. So if we're out there finding the deals, you know, we got a great deal going out and find the money. Like the mindset shift that I asked these guys to make in the beginning of this challenge is understand and believe that there is more money than there is deals. So uh, in the beginning of my journey, I thought there was like, there's, it's so hard to find money. Like that was my limiting belief and changing that belief on day one was there's more money out there than there is deals. So though, all those people that have money in their IRAs and 401ks, let's talk a little bit about like, 
How, how do we do that? Like, what does that look like? What are some of the options that they have to take that money and move it over to us? And what are some kind of other conversations that we can have with them? Sure. Um, you know, Bill, I think one of you mentioned the numbers just to give you an idea of what's out there. In IRA accounts alone, there's close to $9 trillion. And when you factor in employer plans like 401ks, 403bs, and pensions, um, that's another 16 or 17 trillion as well. So quite a bit of money out there. You said more money than there is, is for deals. And I think you brought up an excellent point. I would think, you know, one of the ways, again, when you're talking to somebody who's looking to, you know, someone who you're looking to raise capital from them is trying to present them maybe with a, a number of different alternatives, a number of different ways they could invest with you. And, and, and one of the ways, obviously, that, that we're a big proponent of is, is the IRA and the solo 401k. And I would agree wholeheartedly with you, Bill. I think one of the reasons why and making an investment with someone um, with their IRA or 401k can be more attractive than, say, personal savings is most people who have money in their IRA, they have in their 401k. As you said, it's a longer play. You know, I'm 15, I'm 20 years from retirement before I'm really going to start needing that money or wanting that money. Um, so I'm fine putting it in a three, five, maybe even a 10 year investment or longer um, because I'm not planning on using that money anyway. But my personal savings, that might be my rainy day fund. If there's a medical issue, if there's a loss of job, something like that, that's the money where people are going to go to first. They're less likely to probably tie up that money in something that is a three to five year investment as opposed to their IRA, which they may have been letting it sit for the last five or 10 years anyway and not doing anything with it. So uh, I, I think in talking to investors, that's certainly one way to go is to introduce this concept to them because most people have no clue that they can move money from a Fidelity or a Schwab uh, into this type of an investment. Um, that, that certainly is one avenue. And then again, the, the other is simply that you're presenting them with a different type of strategy. Um, you know, the stock market going up and down, um, you know, the things out, outside of somebody's control, showing them other ways they can make money uh, in, their, in their retirement account. So it's one thing to open up their mind to the fact that they can even use their IRA for this type of investment but then taking it to that next step and trying to, you know, kind of promote what type of return you can offer somebody into that IRA or 401k on a consistent basis. Uh, it might be more attractive to them. It, uh, you know, so a lot of people would happily take seven or 8% consistently year to year into their IRA rather than up 20% one year down 15% the next and trying to figure out really ultimately what their, what their success rate is. I think one, one stat I heard a long time ago that I thought was very interesting is that, you know, the, the, Stock market, I guess, over in history, averages around eight or nine percent. But that's they think out of the ninety plus years that the stock market's been in existence, it's only it's only returned eight percent a year in that 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 ballpark, like five or six times. So it's always either above that or it's below that. And for someone who's looking at it, it's a matter of when you're getting in and out of that market. And for a lot of people, that's just it. They lose sleep at night. And so if you can show them a way to earn consistent returns. That's, you know, again, opening up their IRA is just another way that they could put money with you and get it outside of those more volatile markets. Yeah, I love, I love using the, like the fixed consistent return model, right? And just showing them what that growth looks like versus the volatility and depending on when you bring your money in and out. So do I have to be an expert on self-directed IRAs and 401ks as a fix and flipper or a landlord or an apartment investor? Or like, what's my process? I got somebody who says, hey, I have this IRA, I've got a million dollars in there, I have no idea if I can use it or not. And I mentioned the fact, maybe on one of my videos, that 
hey, I don't know if you know this, but you can use an IRA or a 401k in, in real estate. You can actually invest with my company using something like that. And then somebody calls me up, I'm brand new, right? And they say, hey, I got this IRA with a million dollars. I'm interested in working with you. How do I do it? Like, what is my next step then knowing nothing about it? Yeah, I think, I think it's always helpful to get a little bit of education about it. I can share a couple of quick tips, kind of things you, you'd want to know initially in that conversation, because I, I think it could go against you, obviously, if you introduce the concept and somebody asks you, well, how do I do that? You say, I have no idea, call somebody else. Again, I'm happy to take those calls and happy to, to give that education to your client, but I think it is helpful for you as the capital raiser to know a little bit about it. Um, one thing, again, any type of, I think here are a couple of things to know. One is that any IRA qualifies. So if somebody has an IRA account, whether it's a traditional or rollover IRA, whether it's a Roth, uh, whether somebody's self-employed and has a separate simple IRA, any type of an account with a designation IRA can be self-directed. So if they have that type of an account, they can definitely use the money. Um, any former employer's plan, an old 401k, an old 403b, an old TSP plan, those also can be rolled over once you're no longer employed there. So I think that's kind of important up front to know what money can absolutely be used. You know, any type of IRA, any type of former employer's plan. The one restriction is on current employer's plan. So if somebody is currently working for a company that they're participating in that 401k, they may not be able to use that money uh, to be able to, to, to invest. So I think kind of a, a good thing, again, to have in your mind when you're talking to someone, they're explaining where their money's coming from, to know that a current plan may have some restrictions. Any type of IRA or former, form, former plan has no restrictions at all. So I think that's one piece of information to know. Two, um, also know that these, when somebody has that million dollars in their IRA, that may be their large nest egg. And if they don't know you too well, or they're not sure yet, you know, um, I wouldn't say they don't necessarily don't trust you, but they want to they make sure that you're going to perform as you said. They may not be willing to give you the full million, and that's fine. They, with, with the, the way the rules are set up with IRAs and 401ks, they can move over as much or as little of that money that they want to. Um, so I think that can make people feel more secure when you're talking to them. That if you're looking to raise you know, $100,000 and they have a million-dollar IRA, they don't have to move that full, thing, full million over there and look for something else to do with it. They can carve out just that 100000 and transfer it over from that IRA or from that old 401k and then invest with you. So it is, it's permitted to do partial transfers uh, and partial rollovers. And there's no tax consequence whatsoever for moving money from another IRA or 401k and into a self-directed IRA account. I think those are the kind of the three pieces of really good information to have, knowing what types of accounts qualify, knowing that it can be done in partial amounts, and three, again, that there's no tax consequence at all when someone moves their money from an IRA at Schwab to an advanced IRA to self-direct. Um, there's, it's, it's simply keeping it underneath that same tax-free umbrella. Yeah, I really love that. So just to, just to, just to wrap that up, any IRA, traditional IRA, um, Roth IRA, any IRA qualifies to roll over, okay? The SEP IRA he mentioned and a simple IRA, a couple of different structures potentially for somebody who has a self-employed business, um, kind of like a solo 401k. You have a SEP IRA and a simple IRA, which they may be uh, bigger than the regular IRA. And then you mentioned former employers 401k. So you've got a previous employer that you don't work for anymore that you have access to that you could roll that over. And so would they roll that over into another 401k or would it get rolled over into an IRA? 
So the old 401k, typically you'd have that option. You can roll it into an IRA account. Absolutely. There's no issue with that. As far as rolling it into another 401k, it kind of depends on what 401k we're talking about. If they have a current employer's 401k, they probably do not want to move that money uh, from a former employer's plan into their current plan because then they may now be subject to those restrictions on being able to move the money. Um, the other account that, that we offer that could work out for people who are self-employed or people who have a side business, you don't even have to have to be your main source of income. But if you have some kind of enterprise, again, whether it's your main source of business or whether it's a, it's a side hustle, you could also set up a, what we call a solo 401k, which is basically setting up a 401k plan for just you. You don't have any employees um, who would qualify. It's just you. It's a very streamlined, simple plan. Uh, that we keep in compliance with the IRS. And that's another way to, to put that money to work. You can invest it uh, from that from your old 401k. Even other IRAs can go into uh, a solo K plan. So if you're talking with somebody who you know is self-employed or who has a side business, that's another type of an account that can be very beneficial to them. It allows them to make larger contributions on an annual basis uh, than do regular IRAs. It allows them uh, to take loans. Uh, and there's a couple other good benefits to that solo 401k. But again, I think knowing the different types of accounts is good. As I think you mentioned, Bill, though, it's not important for you to know all of the ins and outs. Um, I think when you're, when you're looking to raise the capital, uh, but just kind of think, find out where their money's at. If it's an old plan, or if it's a current IRA, even if it's a current 401k, there's sometimes there's some ability to move money there. That's a point which you could put them in touch with me. I can then look at their account statements and give them some guidance based on you know, whether they are self-employed, whether they're not, and which type of an account's going to kind of fit best, fit best for them. Yeah, we can go really deep here and talk about all the ins and outs of 401ks and IRAs. I, I definitely want to keep it somewhat surface level for you guys because you don't, like, we talked about it. If you're not the expert, don't pretend like you know what you're talking about. I talked about it for the last three weeks in this challenge. It's have, like, just like Scott said, have an idea of this understand some of the structure, but you don't have to be the expert at any of this stuff. That's why Scott's here. That's why there's an IRA custodian to help you out. But like Scott said, you don't, might not want to say, yeah, I know I was talking about IRAs, but I have no idea what I was talking about. So let me direct you over here. Um, but definitely leverage the experience of somebody who's on your team. These are partners of yours, right? My IRA custodian is one of my partners. My CPA is one of my partners. My attorney is one of my partners. My coaches, my mentors, all of these people, they come in to be the collective kind of like we that I have that I talk about all the time. So really important. You also mentioned a TSP. So for anybody that's listening, that's the thrift savings plan. So being a military guy, I know all about that. I took my thrift savings plan when I went from active duty to the reserves and I was able to roll all of my TSP money out of my 401k into my solo 401k to then self-direct it into real estate. So I was just like waiting for that gap in service that allowed me to do that. And it might not be the best fit for everybody, but if you have a previous um, government employee or a previous military um, member who is now out of the service or maybe moved from active duty to the reserves based on timing, they may be able to roll their money out of their TSP, which is the government 401k plan into an IRA or uh, some sort of 401k plan uh, that can be self-directed. So, and then there, I mean, we could go really deep into talking about Coverdales and HSAs and all these other things that you can use, but I think it's probably smart for us to just stick with the IRAs and 401ks. If you guys want to learn more about the health savings accounts and Coverdales and stuff like that, you can reach out to Scott at Advanta. But um, so that's the current employer's plan. Like if they're currently working and they rolled money into their current employer. So let's say, I had a previous 401k plan. 
I rolled all of the money into my current employer's plan. Can I roll any of that previous money that I rolled into this plan again? Or since I worked for that company, it's likely that I, they can't get it out. Yeah, and, and here, here lies the, the tough question with current employer plans is the IRS does allow people when they set, you know, companies, I should say, when they set up a 401k plan to adopt some different rules uh, for how that 401k plan works. I've worked with people in the past that they, they rolled an old 401k into their, their current 401k, uh, but that money was kind of segregated to an extent. It was always, they were always allowed to take that money and roll it out. And I've seen other people that once that money came into their new 401k, it was locked down. Um, so you, when you're talking to some of the current 401k plan, uh, this is what I end up doing a lot of times is telling them to talk to the administrator of their plan and see what ability they have to move that money out uh, into an IRA account. It's, a lot of times it's, it's a matter of asking the question. Um, a lot of times there's restrictions. Uh, once you know, someone's over 59 and a half, generally speaking, they're, they're able to move the money. But when they're under that age, it really depends on the plan itself. Um, if you are talking, though, to a business owner, like a small business owner who maybe has a 401k for, you know, himself and his five to 10 employees, um, even though if he's the owner of the business, he's going to have the ability to make changes and make amendments to that plan that allows them to access the money. So I think, again, in getting to know, getting to know your investor and find out, you know, where their source of income is, what, what's their overall picture, are they, if they're a business owner, and it's a smaller business, they're going to have some of the, the ability as that owner of the business to make some changes to that 401k plan uh, to then in turn self-directed. I've seen that happen numerous times um, where the owner of the business simply called up their administrator of their 401k plan, was told, I can't do this. They pushed a little bit harder and found out all I had to do is do an amendment to that plan to allow for this type of an investment. So um, again, it's, it's knowing a little bit about your investor um, to, to probe those questions and then putting them in touch with someone like myself who can, can go a little bit deeper and give them those specific exact answers. Um, but I, again, I would echo a lot of what we're talking about. The old, the old TSP plans as well, as you're mentioning, Bill, there's old 403Bs for school, employee, you know, school employees, old 457s for local and government employees. So many people that I talk to on a yearly basis will say, I have, a, I have this old plan that I'd forgotten about. Uh, and that's going to be the key when you're talking to individuals. Um, again, when you're asking to raise capital, they're looking at their checking account. They're looking at a savings account. Um, they forget about that. Oh, yeah, I have that. Yeah, I used to work for that company, but it's sitting at Vanguard. And I don't even worry about it. I don't touch it. All right, well, what, do you, what, what is that plan doing for you now? What are you earning within that plan? If you don't know, that's a, a good source to then you know, prompt them to reevaluate what, what they're doing with that bucket of money. Um, so, again, the self-directed IRA is not about converting every single investor that you talk to, to use their IRA account, but it's giving you another tool, another way to open the door uh, with those investors and have a little bit deeper discussion uh, to, you never, you never know what someone's motivation is to you. If, if they tell you, no, it may simply be that they don't think they have the capital or they don't have it in the right place to invest with you. And just by showing them another option, uh, you open that door right back up. Yeah. When you go back to like the first, I don't know if it was like day eight or day nine or something that, of this challenge, we talked about knowing where their money is now, like understanding that. If you can get their financial picture and understanding of where it is, what their goals are with it, then you can determine the best recommendation that you have of how to move forward. So I'll give two quick stories. Number one, I had this plan that my parents set up for me when I was a kid. Uh, it, was a, it was actually an annuity. At a, 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 I'm a Croatian, I'm from a Croatian family. So the Croatian Fraternal Union 
had this annuity that was paying like, at the lowest that it could pay was 4%, but it was in a Roth IRA. So it was like annuity wrapped in an IRA. It's crazy. Like I've never heard of this before and I don't know if we ever will again. Like companies just don't do this. It's like double, double protection of taxation. So what I did was I was able, I had like, I ended up having like twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in there that I was able to roll into a Roth IRA out of this annuity and self-directed. And then, the, so I, I, that money was just sitting there. It would earn like four or 5% since I was a little kid. It was just growing and it was just a fixed interest. It was almost like a CD. And so, but the annuity wasn't doing anything for me and it was inside of an IRA. So I was able to take that vehicle and roll it inside of an IRA. It took a little bit of work. I had to contact the administrator. I had to show the other plan documents. I had to get them in contact with the IRA custodian in contact with them, do the rollover. It took a couple of weeks, but eventually it happened, funded my IRA, I was able to lend it out. I'm a lender from, through my IRA. I do a lot of loans through my IRA and 401k. So I'm, I am your target customer, right? And then I had another lender who had like 70 plus thousand dollars in an old 401k plan that they didn't even, they totally forgot about. They had this IRA, this 401k, they were investing with me. They had like 70 grand inside this other account. They're like, hey, I have this other thing I don't really talk to them anymore. I don't really know where it is. I have this statement. Can you help me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let me see it. Let's do a little research. Let me get you know, my guy in touch with your guy and, and just set it up. And then the, the cool thing is, we're about to talk about it in a second, but what does that IRA custodian do? The IRA custodian went out and did the work to sort all that out, get the money and figure out how to make that transfer for us. So it was really pretty interesting to say, you probably have some lenders that are like, oh yeah, I have this other bucket of money, but I had no idea that I could use it to invest with you like, like that. So if you understand it a little bit, and like Scott said, just get to know a little bit. You don't need to be the expert on it. But the more you understand it, and what I found, the more I can start educating other people about it, and the more of an expert that I become and, and can see the path of bringing out all this money, the more money comes to me. People will call me up and say, hey, I got this IRA. You've been talking about it for a long time. You've been teaching it. You've been, you've been putting on these classes and things. And I, I have this IRA. I would love to figure out how to do it. Like I'm the first person that they're going to come to. So over time, I'm not saying become an expert today. Today, have the conversations that you're having right now. Continue to go down this path. But the more you can learn it, the, more expert, the, the better an expert you can become. And not to the point where I'm giving legal advice or tax advice or anything like that but just some recommendations. And the reason I know it so well is because I've unraveled, unraveled so many things inside my life and my IRAs and 401ks and rolled them over. And so I was the guinea pig for what I learned. And as I was unraveling my own stuff, I started to understand the process. And then when I understand the process, I can show the next person how to do it. So before I ever took anybody else's money, what I did was I rolled my, my IRA over into a self-directed IRA. I wanted to see the process. I wanted to see the documents. I want to see how to fill them out. And as I was filling them out, I was building in the systems. I was, I was documenting what I was doing. I filled it out on a video. So now I can send it to my lender and say, hey, here's my video of me filling out my forms. Just do the same thing. And so that's the kind of the process and the systems that I set up. So Scott, what does, so we talked about IRAs and 401ks. Where's the money now you talked about? And then you guys use the talk tracks that I've already taught you inside the early times of this challenge of talking about the buckets. Where is it now? Uh, like Scott said, how much, you know, you roll over 100,000 and who knows, maybe the other 900,000 comes later when you've proven yourself. Just like Scott said, you might not, they might not want to invest all million with you right away. Totally understand that. Like let them dip their toe in, see how it goes. And then you know that there's more money behind that. So what is an IRA custodian? So like, what do you guys do? So 
Now, at this point, I know that they got an IRA. I've educated myself a little bit. And now I know that they have maybe $200,000 to invest with me. And I kind of understand the structure of how we're going to put that deal together. Then now what do I do? Yep. So that's the great lead. And I think it's important to remember when, when people are looking to do this, one thing that they might, you might have some issues with up front is simply that they think this is, this is new and unfamiliar to them. Um, so it's going to be difficult, but that's where we come in as a custodian to make it simple and make it easy. And Bill, as you mentioned, it is only a matter of filling out paperwork. There's nothing special that they need to do, nothing else special that they need to set up. It's a matter of filling out the right paperwork to get the money moved from one source to the other. And then when they've located an investment, it's making sure that the paperwork is properly titled uh, for them to make that investment. That's what we do as the custodian uh, of the IRA account is we facilitate up front the client filling out the paperwork with us to establish their IRA and then to properly document the movement of money from their current custodian, their old 401k, their, their current IRA to get that money moved over to us. As you said, Bill, we will talk with your other companies involved to make sure what do they need on their end? Is there anything special about this transfer? Uh, but it really, at that point, it's just a matter of filling out our paperwork to get the process, you know, get the account open and then get the money moved over. And then the second phase of our role as a custodian, once we've gotten your account set up and, and get the funds moved over tax-free, is to then document and record keep the actual investment. So if you've told us, I'm going to lend $200,000 to uh, this person who's flipping a house or this person who's raising capital uh, for a multifamily project or something like that, our role as a custodian will be to make sure that your investment paperwork uh, shows that the IRA account is the actual owner in that particular transaction. Again, it's important for tax purposes with the IRS that the IRA gets listed as the proper owner or the proper investor on whether it's the note, whether it's the mortgage, any other kind of subscription agreement. But again, that's the role that Advanta will do as a custodian. We will review that paperwork and say, hey, this, this section here, this line here, this is what it needs to be changed to. Uh, and we will make sure that everything is properly titled and ultimately send it back to the investor for them to initial off on. I mean, they're, they're initialing off more on the terms more than anything, but we're going to make sure that the IRA gets properly listed on all of the investment documents. So our, the first stage of what the custodian does and what we do, helping get the account set up, get the money transferred tax-free. Uh, the second stage is making sure the investment gets properly titled the name of the IRA against there's no tax consequence. And then the third stage, we do all the record keeping and the reporting. So if you're making payments back to your investors, rather than sending Joe Smith a check, you're going to send one back to us that we deposit right back into Joe's IRA account. He's going to get an online notice that money was deposited uh, and he'll be able to track all of his activity online. So as, as the record keeper, we are now taking in all the income payments back into the account and we're doing all the appropriate IRS reporting that goes along with the account as well. So the client doesn't have to worry about any, any pers that perspective. The 10, if there's any 1099s, if the client takes a distribution, uh, the annual reporting, we take care of all of that on behalf of, of the IRA. So that's the role of an IRA custodian in general, is to take in money, hold investments, and do all of the IRS reporting. So you know, a, lot, a lot of people are familiar with Vanguard or Schwab as an IRA custodian, holding mutual funds and stocks. We do the exact same thing. We're just holding, kind of like I said, those truly alternative assets, holding those notes, holding those mortgages, but performing the exact same roles and the exact same duties, just with a different type of asset. You know, I, it's, it's the accounting. And then the other cool side, I think of the IRA custodian a lot of times is they keep us a little bit honest. So you're not necessarily like 100% responsible for our 
Uh, I don't want to go too deep into the gotchas and things like that, but you definitely keep us investors and, and the, the money lender honest. You'll check the paperwork. You'll make sure that the names are right. The naming convention, it's not, it, there's a, uh, can be a questionnaire getting started, things like that. Like, is this, just making sure that the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed in the transaction. And I think that's really important because a lot of times it can be, it's, it's a new, it's something new for the person who's rolling their money over. And it could be new for you as the, uh, as the investor who's, you know, uh, taking on this loan. So if that's the point, if that, if that's the point where you are, if you're brand new and your investor's brand new, then the cool thing is Advanta, like Scott and his team, they can hold your hand through that process. They, and they're really good at it. Like they'll break it down and they will help you through that process. Like if you don't have to know how the money gets from Vanguard to Advanta IRA. Like they take care of that stuff. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll educate my lender a little bit. I'll put us all in touch. And then next thing I know, you know, at some period of time, this money is in their account and they're ready to rock and roll. And you guys are really good at checking up and giving feedback, communicating. Communications is the most important thing, which hopefully in this challenge, you guys have realized that communicating with your lenders, giving feedback, all the things that we've talked about so far, writing thank you notes, all the stuff that we discussed so far and how to do it and building a system around it is important to make sure that your lender feels comfortable because they need to feel comfortable. So you, you want to work with a professional. Obviously, I recommend Advanta. Whoever you work with, make sure that they know what they're doing, they're professional, they're communicating because there's nothing worse than going like, what's going on? Is anybody doing this paperwork? Is the money moving? I haven't heard an update in three weeks. My house needs to close in two days. Where's the money? What's happening? You know, all this stuff. So one thing that I'll ask is if, if I'm, maybe somebody's rolling, uh, I'm having this conversation. I'm a newer uh, investor with 401ks and IRAs and so is my lender and they're rolling money over. Like I have the conversation. I understand where their money is. I understand that they want to roll it over and invest with me. Maybe it's the $200,000 they're going to invest in one of my flips. Like, how can I make sure that when I'm on the phone with them, that I, we get you the information that you guys need so we don't need like 10 back and forths all the time? Um, is there certain documents that you typically need that I should ask on that first initial conversation with that lender? Um, not necessarily. Um, I'm, I'm usually happy if, if you're connecting someone, connecting them through, through an email and just saying, hey, here's their name, here's their email, here's their phone number. Uh, if there's any piece of documentation I think that does help, uh, if you can get it, it would be, you know, for instance, a copy of their current statement for that retirement account. Um, because that gives me an idea then of looking at that to make sure, you know, who is the other custodian that's involved. Um, each custodian, whether it's Vanguard, Fidelity, uh, Merrill Lynch, they all have different requirements um, or different processes for how to get money transferred over. Now, we keep a very clear record on our end of what's needed, but that may affect a little bit when I'm having that initial conversation with, a, with an investor on how I'm going to get the paperwork from them. Is it something they can simply fax back to me or scan an email, or am I going to need them actually to get a uh, wet ink originals to my office? So I think getting a copy of that statement that then again, gives someone an idea of how much they're working with and who their current custodian is most helpful. Um, but you know, again, the communication when you're, if you're putting us in touch through email, um, you know, just giving me their, giving me their name, their phone number, or, or just their name and email, whatever, allowing us to connect, uh, typically works, works pretty well. Um, I'm always happy as well. To, if you want to schedule a, a three-way conference call to go over what the investment is, um, at some point down the line, we will need a copy of the investment documents. So if you have a particular note or a mortgage, or if you're doing some kind of private placement with a subscription agreement involved, um, getting us that in advance, but we don't need that up front. I think to talk to the client, because it does usually take and to set expectations, it can take a few days to a few weeks to get money moved from one custodian to the other 
uh, depending on who that other custodian is and depending on what type of an account it is. Um, so keep that in mind when you're talking, if you're talking with someone and you have a funding coming up in two days time, their IRA is not going to be the place to grab that money if you're trying to get it because uh, it does take longer than that. Um, so, and but that also is a way to kind of also give your, I think the person you're looking to, to grab that cash from or to raise capital from, give them the extra motivation. Hey, if you're looking to invest with me, I'm going to need you know, on the IRA side, we need to get this process started because it does take a little bit of time. It's not instantaneous. Um, but the, the account statement, the copy of the investment paperwork, uh, typically the, the documents you can provide to us that gives us that clear picture of what's going on. And, and then we can best advise not only the client, but you as well. Yeah. So Scott mentioned the, like a promissory note, mortgage, uh, personal guarantees, those kind of things. Like all of that stuff if, in this challenge, you guys have my examples that you can use. You can structure however you want, um, depending on what state you are. If it's a deed of trust state versus a mortgage state, we talked about all that stuff. But definitely that's something that you can get to the custodian to say, hey, can you review this real quick and make sure there's not any changes that need to be made, things like that. And so let's talk about timing. You mentioned it a couple of times. There are a lot of factors involved with timing of a rollover versus just like a, maybe a, a transfer of IRA. Maybe it's a... Um, Maybe they're making a contribution and then it's getting uh, sent into, uh, you know, in an account they already have and then getting distributed. So lots of different things with timing. I'd say the biggest factor is I've got a, somebody who's got an IRA, maybe it's that $200,000, it's in some investment, whether it's Vanguard, Merrill Lynch, Charles Schwab, like you talked about, and they're rolling it over into a, this new IRA that they're creating at Advanta. So there's a lot of factors. There's the other person, the investor that's working with you, how fast do they get their application filled out, their documents signed, all that stuff. The um, IRA custodian, like, uh, the cur like the new IRA custodian, so Advanta, how, where, how quickly are they moving? I find that they are the fastest in this whole equation usually. And then you have the previous IRA custodian, like Vanguard or Merrill Lynch, how fast are they going to actually do their paperwork and move the money over once they've been contacted and gotten all the documents that they need. And then there's me, the, the flipper, who's trying to get this money, like how, how hard am I pushing my investor? Like, uh, cause Advanta is not going to go like crack the whip on your investor every two hours to say, get your documents, get your documents, get your documents. It's just not ideal customer service, right? So you as the investor and you that are in this challenge right now that are watching this video, I'm challenging you guys to, to push that along, to hold everybody accountable. Ultimately as the investor that needs the money or is using the money, it is your responsibility to get this moving. And that's what I find, like the onus lands on me. I take that ownership. Avanta will do their job for sure, but it's not about pointing the finger and blame. It's about figuring out how I can streamline the paperwork as quickly as possible to make sure that my investor is getting everything that they need. And if they're confused or they have a question that they're getting it answered. And my customer service has to be really, really high to allow them a great experience. Because remember, it's about people. that allow them a great experience with Avanta, their previous custodian, myself, and I'll deal with all the problems under the water, right? It's the duck on the pond. I'm the one with the feet going crazy, but it looks like it's smooth sailing on the surface. I want my lender to feel like that, just like we do with the people that we buy houses from, just like the investors that we wholesale deals to, all of that stuff. So Scott, what are some like tips and tricks that we can use as like to speed up that timeline? And what is that timeline typically like, like a rough estimate on what you typically see? I mean, the typical timeline if we're dealing with IRAs, um, and, and the reason why IRA, moving IRAs is faster is because we can request that money. Uh, the client fill out, fills out a transfer request that we then fax or mail to the other custodian. And a lot of times they can wire transfer funds. That just cuts down on the time of getting a check in the mail and having a check clear. Um, so if we're dealing with an IRA, we're probably looking anywhere between a week, you know, 
eight or nine days to maybe a few weeks. Again, it just depends on who that other custodian is. Um, with an IRA, with a 401k, you're probably looking at more like two to three weeks just because the 401k administrators, for whatever reason, they insist on sending checks um, to us. So I think, again, some tick, tips and tricks um, definitely to get involved um, is, as we mentioned, getting the investment paperwork to us. If you can get some of the investment paperwork to us in advance, while we're getting the account set up and getting that established and while the client is engaged at that point, also getting them to fill out that investment paperwork at the same time. I've seen it happen a few times where somebody uh, gets involved, they fill out the paperwork to get the account set up and then they, they ghost the, the us and the investor um, at times. Like, then all of a sudden it's hard to get a hold of them. They go on vacation. They, they kind of lose track of it. So if you have some of that paperwork involved up front, we can go ahead and get that documentation done, get that approved of, while we are waiting for the money to come in. So while you have somebody engaged up front, get them to do all the paperwork at once as much as possible. Um, keeps them on the hook longer. It also gets them more engaged, uh, especially if you have somebody who might have second thoughts. Well, I've already done all the paperwork. Uh, I'm good to go. So I think that is, is definitely um, one tip. Another tip with us as well is, again, communicate with us and the account manager. We are happy uh, every client we get bring in, new IRA gets assigned to one account manager, and we assign uh, referral partners as well. We do our best to try to refer those all to the same account manager in our office as well. So not only is your client talking to the same person, all of your clients are talking to the same person that you're talking to. Uh, and it makes it much, much smoother, much easier process. Um, so I think those are, those are some good tips. I think you mentioned, Bill, it's communication. If you're talking to, to us, if you're talking to the client, the client's talking to us, uh, things get done very, very quickly. It's when there's a lapse in that communication um, when somebody kind of all of a sudden is unreachable, uh, that things slow down and they get more difficult. And, and as you mentioned, Bill, we are not able to prod the client to an extent of, hey, you need to hurry up and get this paperwork done. You need to make your investment. Um, that's the thing that, something that self-directed custodians are not allowed to do. We can't advocate uh, for any particular investment. Now, we're more than happy to make the process as smooth and easy as possible and facilitate getting documents completed. But unfortunately, we cannot follow up. I mean, we do follow up here and there. Hey, you know, Joe Smith, you said you wanted to make an investment. Have you heard anything else or where's the paperwork? We'll follow up to some extent, but certainly not as much as you will. So I think, again, that tip of getting everything done as quickly and as soon as possible uh, is helpful. We, Like I said, we can get all the paperwork done before we even get a cent in on a transfer. We can have everything ready to go so that when the money comes in, it's a matter of us simply turning it back around uh, and sending it to you. Yeah, the, so the mindset of that investor is really important. We talked about it in the beginning of this challenge. It's an opportunity that they're investing with us, right? There's more money than there is deals. So if you come from a place of this is an opportunity, you want to get in on this opportunity while it's available before you miss it versus can you do me a favor and loan me some money, then that mindset of that investor is I need to get this paperwork in so I don't miss this opportunity, right? And so if you can set it up that way and position yourself as the, as the flipper, as the landlord, as the you know, the, what are, if you're doing seller finance or apartment buildings or whatever you're doing, syndications, then you are making sure that you're driving that transaction and you're getting that investor to fill out the paperwork that you need. And it, as entrepreneurs, we're, we're typically not good at the details, right? We're business owners for a reason. We have other people that work with us. Find somebody in your company that can handle this if you're, if you're not a one-man show. If you're a one-man or woman show, then you got to be, this is important, right? Don't forget about this. Don't, we always play this game of ping pong and we just hit the ball over the net and you can use tennis if you want, but 
we, then we just hit it over. It's on the other side of the net. And that's what the, that's what the IRA custodian has to do. They can't be, like, like Scott said, they can't be driving the investment. You have to drive the investment. So take ownership of that because it's really important. Um, you talked about checks versus wires. So a lot of times investors, they see there's some wire fees, there's some other expenses involved and things like that. Can the, can the borrower, can me as the flipper, uh, pay for some of those expenses to move it faster or can I build into my investment? Is that legal? It is. You can, you can do I've seen people do it both ways um, where the, um, you know, the investor is actually paying for all the fees for all, the, all of their own investors. Um, that's fine to do. You can certainly build it into the, the cost of your investment. Um, there's, there's nothing illegal. There's nothing wrong about doing it. Uh, we always have the client sign off on the fee schedule, just ultimately that they are responsible uh, for the fees. If for some reason they're not paid, it is ultimately the IRA owner themselves that has to, to pay that if there's a discrepancy. But that is certainly fine to do. And that's really, again, going to be up to you as you know, the individual who's raising capital is how, how much in fees do you want to pay? Do you want to pay for certain parts of the fees? Um, but there's, there's nothing prohibited, nothing uh, that's, that's restrictive on doing that. Okay, so I think that's a great tip because a lot of times you'll see maybe there's a $35 wire fee or something like that or some fee where they're like, you know what, I'd rather just like send a check because it's free. And so speed up the transaction. If you want the money, you want to move the money a little bit quicker, then there's an opportunity to pay the fees. The cool thing is it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm not going to give you tax advice or legal advice or anything like that, but there's a lot of benefits to running your fees from, that, are, that are available to be paid outside of the IRA to pay those outside of the IRA because there's some tax deductions that are involved in some of those fees. And so that's what I absolutely love about it where, you know, um, I want to talk a little bit about the expenses because when we talk to other investors, a lot of times they're worried about, well, what, what's the cost of doing business with an IRA custodian versus where I currently am? Um, what's the difference? What's the structure? Things like that. So those are a lot of questions that I get that I know some of the newer investors are going to get for sure. But mm -hmm. for me, like some of the talk tracks that I use on that stuff are, Hey, like, look at the, a lot of this stuff, when you fill out this paperwork, don't use your IRA money to pay for some of these fees. You can pay outside of the IRA. Or like you said, Scott, it's possible that we could structure it that it's part of the investment or that I'm paying for some of those fees. At, and they're tax, they, there's a potential for, to, for you to write them off on your taxes as a business expense for managing this investment. So really cool stuff that can happen. I mean, even if it's just a $50 account fee or a setup fee or something like that. I definitely want that to go on my credit card. I want to get the points. I want to write it off in my taxes and I don't want it to come out of my IRA balance that is growing tax-free in my Roth until I take it out. So some, some opportunities there, but let's talk about the expenses. Um, what should we expect? So, oh, before we move on to that, I just wanted to say something. You said eight or nine days, something like that. My recommendation for those of you guys who are listening is give yourself some cushion here. Don't try to write a note uh, a note and a mortgage in 10 days, and they are just contacting their, their current IRA custodian right now to do a rollover transfer. I would say I try to give like two or three weeks. If I, if I schedule three weeks and I know that my, my lender is going to be on the ball, I'm probably going to beat that by a week. Now, if, if I know that my lender is going to be a little bit slower and they're not really good with paperwork and they're going to ask a bunch of questions, they're super busy, then I'll probably give it like a month. I'll say, hey, uh, you know, and I know that I might not be following up with them daily. So, uh, you know, you don't want to drive them and push them so hard that they feel like you are, you're rushing them. You want to give them time to look at the paperwork and understand it and go through it. But you also want to make sure that, so I would position myself as, hey, the investment deadline is this date. We really need to move quickly and set that tone up front. 
pre-frame that in the beginning instead of you know waiting till the end and saying, hey, like we got to get this paperwork together. You're going to miss the opportunity. Like it's got to move because they, they might feel a little bit off about that. So just remember, take care of the people. Talk them through what they need. Ask them if they need any support. Usually I reach out to them if I haven't heard anything. I just say, hey, just wanted to check up on you and make sure that you don't have any questions on that paperwork. I can get on a call with you if you're anytime today if you need to. And that usually just, they go, oh, I forgot about that. You know, something came up. I, my kid was sick, stuff like that. So uh, I usually am a little bit more gentle of like than hitting them with the cattle prod nonstop, right? So, okay, but I, I'd like to give a little bit buffer. So my recommendation, give, you know, three weeks and then maybe a month like that. And because then you can like let, let them, you know, cut your, cut your time in half and feel good about it than really pressuring yourself at the last second to have to, you know, extend the closing or the seller is really pissed off at you because you're not meeting the deadlines. So um, expenses, what, what should we expect on that? Yeah. So, and by the way, great tip on that, on the, on the timing aspect though. I think that's, that's, that's usually where I've, we've had issues where people just, people get upset when, you know, they, they want one thing to happen on one date, but they didn't really give themselves enough time. Um, but that two to three week process, the time frame gives, and there, it gives time for there to be a small issue on the transfer, get it resolved and still meet your deadline. So just, uh, yeah, definitely would echo those sentiments. Um, our, our fees for an IRA account, uh, there's a $50 one-time fee to open the account. There's a one-time $95 fee uh, to review all the investment paperwork, make sure it's titled properly. Uh, and on an annual basis, we charge a flat $295 a year uh, to hold an asset in an account. And that's regardless of value. So somebody with 50,000 or 500,000, it's the same work involved, it's the same fees uh, that are being charged. Now, a lot of people who have money in a brokerage account are probably paying one to one and a half percent, maybe in management fees. So on a hundred thousand dollar account, they may be paying seven, eight hundred, maybe even over a thousand dollars a year in fees that they don't realize. So that's again, when somebody hears 290, 295 bucks a year, that sounds like a lot because on my statement for my IRA, it shows $25 annual fee. Well, that's not including all the other fees that they pay uh, to the different mutual funds and some of the other commissions that are being charged. At Advanta, we only charge a record-keeping, our service fee. There is no commissions involved. Uh, there's no percentage. It's just that flat uh, $295 a year, about $150 to get the account open, get that investment made in, in that $50 and that $95 fee. And then, as you mentioned, we have a wire fee if we're wiring money in and out of the account. So for someone who's investing you know, $100,000 a year, it's less than, you know, that, that it's less than $295 a year for us to hold that investment, do all the IRS reporting. There's no additional fees. Um, there's some companies that charge for paper statements or for filing this, filing a 1099 or filing whatever. That 295 covers it all. So uh, you'll know that the client, that's what they're paying. Uh, there's not going to be any hidden gimmicks or anything else that gets charged to them. Yeah. So one thing that I really love about uh, Advanta, and if you look at a lot of other IRA custodians, what you'll find is just like you guys do, you got flat fee custodians that do like flat, uh, you know, it's all, it's all there. It's all on the expense schedule. And then the other option is based on the size of the account. So if you have a million dollar account or $2 million or $5 million in account, it's some percentage of the amount that is in the account. And so that's the air, that, that's usually what a lot of custodians go towards. So what I really loved about you guys is this kind of flat fee schedule. You basically know what you're, what you're getting when you walk in the door. And if I go over this threshold, it doesn't really matter. The, um, the other thing is most of the people that are lending us money in, in what I'm teaching right now in this challenge is they're probably going to have just like one note or mortgage, or if they're doing a promissory note and it's a kind of unsecured note, 
then you can add to that. So they really only have like one investment. Or if they're doing maybe two deals with you a year, then they have two kind of paperwork investments per year. Or if they're doing a syndication, it might be just that one syndication for like five years or three years or 10 years. So a lot of times they're not doing this like transactional funding in and out on a regular basis. And if they are, they're probably making a lot more money on their money than they would be before. And what you don't see inside of the, the, the stock market type IRAs and, and brokerage accounts is like Scott said, you have that flat fee percentage, like a management, maybe it's 1% management fee or even a half percent or, or 1.5. I've seen it as high as like 2%. And then you also have expense ratios on each of those funds. So each fund has an expense ratio. And you mentioned Thrift Savings Plan. It has the lowest expense ratio of 0.027. But you have like Vanguard, which is pretty low. It's like 0.1. And you have like really high where I've seen almost 2% expense ratios on some of these funds. So a lot of your investors don't know, but they're paying, they could be paying up to 3% of the amount of money that they're, that they're seeing on their statement. So if they get, they're seeing a return when they tell you, my return over the last 10 years was 9%. Say, okay, well, how much in fees and, and expense ratios and management and stuff like that were you paying? Do you know? They're like, what are you talking about? Like, it shows me 9%. Well, that's really not what you're making. And so the more you can understand that and the, the better talk tracks that you can have to show why a 6 or 7% fixed return would be even better than the 9% that they think that they're getting right now in the stock market. Because my return is, a, even if it's 5%, I have some people right now at 5% interest. Like they are at fixed rate, 5%. There's no other fees. There's no other expenses. There's no expense ratio, no management. I don't charge management fees, none of that stuff. And it's $295 a year. So like when I have that conversation with them, that's a great way and talk track to get them down a couple percentage points based on what they think that they're getting. And then I throw in, how did you feel when the coronavirus hit and it, your stock dropped 12% on a Monday? Like, how do you feel right now? Do you want some security to feel like, you're at a fixed rate. You don't have to worry about the volatility and ups and downs. So all of that stuff comes into play and you can show them the expense sheet and then talk them through that. So you can go to Advanta's website and just download that, that fee schedule and you can see it and understand it and be able to talk to it a little bit with them or you know, any custodian, obviously. So the expenses are great. And then that tax write-off is another conversation that I typically have of a lot of these expenses can be paid outside the IRA and you can actually figure out how to write them off on your tax. Obviously, talk to your CPA and see if that's possible to write them off on your taxes. I know that I do on my um, IRA. I'm also kind of a professional lender. So, uh, you know, that kind of stuff comes into play. So, um, let's see. The last thing that I want to talk about is a couple of the gotchas, like prohibited transactions. So, we can go really deep into prohibited transactions, who can borrow, who can do all that stuff. I really want to know, like when I'm talking to somebody, whose IRA and 401k can I use and whose can't I use? That's probably the best way to go. And then the, all the prohibited transactions and other things uh, outside of that are probably something that they can research on their own or maybe go deeper on your website. Sure. Great. Yeah. It's, it's important when we talk about prohibited transactions, what that means is basically there's some, there are some rules on what you what an IRA can and cannot invest in. Uh, and the biggest area where the IRS has restrictions on that is who an IRA can transact with. So there, there are certain disqualified persons. If you could, if you understand who an IRA cannot borrow money from or who cannot invest with, then everyone else other than that would, would be fine. So uh, if I am borrowing money from my deal, so I'm out there raising capital, the people that I would not be allowed to borrow money from would be, I can't borrow money from my own IRA. I can't borrow money from a spouse's IRA. Can't borrow money from my parents' IRAs or my children's IRA accounts. 
And that's really the restrict all the restrictions that are out there. It's basically up and down your family tree when you involve an IRA account and somebody else that is directly up and down your tree is where you get into prohibited transaction considerations. If you're talking to anybody else other than that, the issue does not come up at all. And I think that's important to note because there are some people that get fixated on uh, the prohibited transactions. Hey, I really wanted my dad wanted to use his IRA to invest with me, but he can't. And, 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 and my mom can't either. And now it seems like nobody can. It's only up and down your lineal tree. So your brothers and sisters are technically permitted to invest with you. They are outside of the direct up and down lineal ascendants and descendants. So those are the only people that are prohibited from lending you money or, or investing potentially uh, into your deal. Now that prohibition on your, your, your parents and your grandparents and your, and your kids, um, that also includes any business or entity that one of those individuals controls. So it's can't get around it by having your dad's uh, business uh, invest with you and he can't do it directly. Um, but that's just, or his IRA, I should say, but that's it. So other than that, I mean, that's, if you're not, if you're talking to all these, all third parties, this prohibited transaction rule never comes up and never, never becomes an issue in what you're looking to do. Yep. So aunts, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, um, it, it's, it really goes for pretty much the whole family, except for mom, dad. And what about, uh, what about uh, father-in-law, mother-in-law? So spouses, parents, do you know? So if it's your spouse's parents lending money to you, that is okay. That is technically mm. not prohibited under the rules. So if I'm raising capital, um, my mother-in-law's IRA could lend money to me. Um, so when you look at prohibited transactions, it's usually looking at it from the viewpoint of the IRA owner. So if it's my IRA, I cannot lend to myself or my spouse, my parents, my grandparents, my children or grandchildren. Um, so again, spouses, parents could, if it's their IRA, they cannot lend to um, their, uh, their own children. But other than that, it would, it would be fine. So it's kind of a unique situation. And we're, but, we're also assuming that the spouse doesn't own a percentage of the, of the business that's borrowing the money. So, correct, so think correct. about all of those things, guys. It, it's, there's, there's a lot of people out there that you can borrow money from. So you certainly don't have to just dig in that one well of up and down and then your spouse. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities out there, obviously. So, um, and then everybody else you can. And then, so if they have any questions, like what's the best thing for, if I had a question about who's a disqualified person, would it be to reach out to you guys and you can help educate or where would I go to look for that information? Yeah, I mean, you can, our website at advantiira.com is gonna have all the links to all that information. I usually say the best thing to do is pick up the phone and call us because if, if it was a very straightforward issue, you're gonna probably find the answer on the internet anyway, but usually somebody has a little bit different quirk, a little bit extra issue to it where it, it, we, can, we can resolve and answer that question for you in a matter of seconds or minutes rather than having you spend a lot of time trying to find that information uh, on the internet. So just give us a call, shoot me an email, whatever works best for you. Uh, we'll get back to you and, and get you the, the best answer that we can. Sometimes we cannot give an answer. Uh, if it gets too much into legal or tax advice, we're not permitted to do that. Uh, but answering some basic questions on self-directed IRAs, who you can borrow from, how the process works, all the things we've talked about today, uh, we're always more than happy to spend a few minutes on the phone to educate you so that you can in turn, obviously, educate your own investors.
Yeah, so if it is a IRA legal question that Scott can't answer, I have somebody that can. So you can just email us, us at info at sevenfigureflipping.com or go to our sevenfigureflipping.com website and just fill out the form. And we'll, I'll connect you with that person. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, I've done a lot of like legal IRA work with him and he does a great job. So um, I know that it, he's not a custodian, but he is an IRA attorney who does some phenomenal work. I've been to a couple of his classes and really have kind of uh, figured out how to explode and grow my IRA and 401k using some of those strategies. So it's really cool. Um, okay. Anything that we left out, Scott, that, uh, so like kind of, we talked about the different types of IRAs and 401ks, where's their money, the talk tracks. Um, we talked about how we can get help, like what kind of documents they need, the expenses. I, I feel like we covered a lot of the questions that we get from, and, uh, from the, these, these lenders. Like I've had I've brought in a lot of money from people. It seems like everybody that I work with, they'll, they'll invest a little bit of money with me and then they'll realize, oh my gosh, I can invest my IRA or my 401k. That opens up a huge door. And I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars over just a couple handfuls of lenders that I have that are available. I mean, we just raised like, I don't know, $3 million just from me on uh, the storage unit down in Orlando and a bunch of the partners, we probably had to raise, you know, $20, $30 million. And it was just a lot of IRA 401k money that came in where somebody has, you know, $250,000, $300,000 and they had no idea that they can invest with it. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing to remember, we, we've touched on it, but it's that most people have no idea that this is possible. So when you're talking to an investor and pitching the idea, it's giving them another way to think about it, another way that they could invest with you um, is, is so important because again, we talked about at the very beginning, People have money in a savings account or their checking account. That's money that they need for emergencies. And their IRA, their 401k is not money. That, that's money they weren't planning on touching, you know, until they hit retirement age anyway. Um, so I think that's incredibly important. And the other is, is the, the terms of the deal. And that's uh, one thing we didn't mention. What, what, one of the things we don't do at Advanta, we do not get involved in brokering the deal and brokering the terms. Our role is to make sure that the IRA is listed properly on the investment documents and make sure the client's approved of it. So if you agree with someone, they agree to a four or 5% as opposed to maybe a seven or eight or 9% uh, return. That's that negotiation is between you and the IRA owner. We're not going to make any suggestions. We're not going to make any, uh, like I said, we're not going to act in the middle of that negotiation to make sure everybody's being treated fairly. That's, that's between you and your borrower, your investor, how you want to structure the investment, whether it's a straight promissory note, whether there's a mortgage involved, whether you're forming an LLC between the two of you, uh, there's a lot of different things you can do and different ways you can structure it. And our role is simply to process the paperwork after we're told how that's going to be handled. So, um, you know, keep those, keep all those different things in mind. However, an investor wants to structure something again, if it's something maybe you haven't done before, but they're more familiar with, give me a call. Let you know how the IRA plays into that particular investment strategy. Well, fortunately, that's why you guys are in this challenge because we can show you how to raise millions of dollars at three or 4% and you call Advanta and you say, hey, here's my paperwork, million dollars, 3%. Um, and Scott just says, that's great, man, good job. Uh, we'll be happy to do the paperwork, right? And exactly. while I'm like, kind of kidding, it just, all it has to be is a win-win. Like I have money at 4%, 5%, I have money at 8%. We have people all over the place and what they want and what they need and to feel comfortable and secure and confident and, and they want to do business with you. It's about that. It's about making it a win-win. If it's a win for me and it's a win for them, then that's where we go. It's not about, you know, um, you know, ripping off your, your, well, not your grandmother, but maybe it's your, your aunt or your uncle, right? And their IRA 
and saying, you know, giving them 3% when they're making 6% in the stock market. It's about making a win-win. And we talk about that a ton in the weeks leading up to this. So you guys have seen that. So um, what, what's, what's another resource? You mentioned uh, advantira.com. Um, what is another resource that, because um, as you were talking, I'm kind of thinking, I got this lender, I can link them up with, with you, Scott, but is there another way that maybe I can educate them through some of the resources that you guys have where maybe I give them something in the beginning, like they, they, they aren't really sure about how comfortable they are with this and I want like another asset to give them. Maybe it's like a webinar that you could do, guys do, maybe it's your, a YouTube channel, like something like that. Like where can I send them to maybe check out a little bit more so they're not hearing it from me? Because what I find a lot of times is they think I might be selling them something. So when I tell them that this, there's this IRA that they can use, they, they're, they're wondering if it's legit or what it is and uh, somebody else talking to them might help. Yeah, no, we, we have, uh, we keep a live, we do about one or two webinars a week uh, on different topics related to self-directed IRAs. Sometimes we bring in a guest speaker. Sometimes it's just myself or one of my colleagues uh, talking about self-direction. So our YouTube page, we record every single webinar and put it up on our site there. Um, I think that's a great place to start because you someone could be exposed to different ideas. Uh, what I could also do though for people who are interested let me know exactly kind of what, what realm, you know, whether it's your people investing through LLCs or doing the notes, I can give you a couple of links to just our webinars specifically on our YouTube page. So you, I think one danger could be you send them to our YouTube page and they get exposed to so many different things. Now their head's spinning. Um, I can give you a specific link to a few different webinars uh, that talk very much on the basics. It's not a sales promotion for a particular investment. It's just hey, here's what a self-directed IRA is. Here's how it works. Here's the different things you could invest in uh, and give them that overview. Uh, we have eBooks we can share. We can do uh, branded flyers for you. If you want to have us create a flyer that talks about how to use your IRA to invest with me, um, that's maybe a little bit more on the personal sales side. Um, but we can do that and try to provide you with much, many avenues as possible. And we do have uh, you know, CPAs and attorneys as well that we can send uh, people to. Uh, when they want to have some more information, CPAs and attorneys that we've worked with for years and helping their clients that now they're really getting that outside third party. They're not talking to you as the capital raiser. They're not talking to me as a person with their IRA. They're talking to a CPA or an attorney that knows how this works and can put their mind at ease. Because again, I think one of the biggest fears that people have is that for many people, they have not heard of this before. And so therefore they think it's either illegal it's a sham, it's shady, it's, or maybe it's just something that's, that's much beyond their scope of understanding and they don't want to get involved in it. And it's none of those things. It's something that's very straightforward and easy to do once you kind of get someone out of that mindset of I have to invest in the stock market. And talking to a CPA or talking to an attorney, uh, even some other financial professionals that are open to this as well, they hear it from that source and then their mind is much more at ease. So we're happy to provide those resources. Awesome. So you mentioned the website. Do you want to give out your email address here to everybody? Sure. Or Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, Our website is Advanta, A-D-V-A-N-T-A-I-R-A.com. And my email is my first initial S, S for Scott, and my last name, Maurer, M-A-U-R-E-R, at AdvantaIRA.com. Uh, or you can simply give me a call. Our, our number is 800 Four two five zero six five three, and just ask for Scott. Awesome, I appreciate it, Scott. You know, um, it's it's been nice. I we touched on it a couple times, but I think going a little bit deeper here is going to give a lot of the challenge the, the people that are in this challenge an understanding of like the how piece of it, and and realizing that it's not necessarily as difficult or as challenging as they think. They don't have to be the expert. You just 
you got to know the expert. You got to know the person who knows how, know a little bit of understanding about it, but that's it. It's just, I mean, this will open up a, a floodgate of, of opportunities and potential uh, people out there that have money. And it's just so much easier. Like this conversation is so much easier than that $100,000 that they have in their bank account or a CD, or it's in the stock market right now in a taxable account, things like that, where it's kind of like you said, like their nest egg. It's the only thing that's their rainy day fund, emergency funds and stuff like that. So, all right, everybody that's in the challenge. Um, so we talked about the IRAs today. We are going to be talking about some more advanced strategies with the lenders. We're going to be talking about more cold traffic, reaching out to them, how you're having those conversations. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the legalities, some more advanced strategy and stuff, stuff like that, and wrap it all up towards the end of this challenge. We have about a week left. Uh, I'm excited for you. I know that you're raising money. I know that you're having these conversations. You're looking at your KPIs. You're, you're tracking everything like we've been talking about. Continue to do those Facebook Lives. I would, my recommendation today on your Facebook Live or tomorrow is to talk about all the things that your mind, like your, the possibilities that were opened up now and maybe like drop a little bit more about IRAs and 401ks because there's people that are watching, there's people that are listening, people have been watching for weeks of you doing this and they're, they're starting to think like, well, maybe this, is, maybe this is for me. And you might be able to have that one thing they say, that aha that they have is, wow, I have an IRA, I can do this. And maybe you talk through some of the things that we were talking about today or maybe you start researching how you're gonna roll your IRA over and invest in real estate to do that and talk about it from your angle. Like if I was doing this, I would probably talk about my experience rolling my IRA and 401k over and how easy it was and what the process was like. We'll also include a link to uh, Advanta IRA down on this landing page for you guys inside the challenge. Uh, we'll probably also link some of the fee schedules and things like that for you to check out. So your mission today, leaving here, uh, for the end of the day is going to be to go through some of their materials. So go check out their YouTube channel, go check out their website, look at the fee schedule, understand it, and reach back out to those people that may be on the fence that you've talked to about investing with you that have an IRA and 401k and start thinking about how your talk tracks and, uh, and review some of the conversations that you had and how you would do it differently or maybe reach out to those people who just weren't ready and now that you have more ammunition and more experience, you can go have a different conversation with them. So keep working through um, all of your buckets, keep working through all the people, the hot traffic, the warm traffic, the cold traffic, all of those things, and start thinking about how you can integrate the IRA and 401k conversation with them. So that's your mission tonight. No specific written uh, mission, none of that stuff, but go through the PDF that we have, go through the checklist, and go take a look and go a little bit deeper into Advanta's uh, website because they have a lot of cool webinars and, and trainings and things like that. And yours truly did a great one. So if you can find mine, then uh, check that one out. So, um, all right, Scott, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, all the challengers, I'm excited for you guys. I know that you're raising money. I know that you're, it, even if it's, I will say, let me give you guys a little bit of positivity. If, you're, if you've gotten to this point and you don't have a solid, uh, solid investor, you haven't gotten to the place. Remember, we talked about the goals in the beginning. The, the goal for this challenge is to get the concepts and ideas and structure for you to be able to raise that 500000 in 30 days. It doesn't mean that in another week or 10 days that you have to have raised $500,000. You're not a failure. None of that stuff will change. So it's all about figuring out, understanding how this process works. Some of you may have raised already raised $2 million. Some of you guys may have raised $10 million. Some have raised $100,000. Some have just started to have a couple conversations. All of that stuff is okay, all right? You're all at a different place. So, and I know you're all posting in the Seven Figure House Living and Wholesaling Facebook group. You're talking about it using the hashtag 500K challenge and I'm seeing it all. I'm watching it and don't judge your performance and how you're doing inside this challenge versus somebody else. 
they started from a different place than you. They're going to a different place than you. You're on your own path and on your own journey. So where you're going, believe me, if you're following this, if you're tra tracking us every day, if you're staying caught up, if you're doing what I ask you to do, you will get there. Trust me. I just don't know when. All right. All right, Scott, thanks so much for being with us. And for everybody that's listening, I can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. Bye. All right. How about that? That was some good stuff. Scott, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for delivering all that information. IRAs, 401ks, TSP, SEPs, simple IRAs, all of the ways that people are socking money away, whether it's tax deferred or tax free in traditional or Roth accounts. And you don't have to be the expert, just figure out who the expert is. So I just introduced them to you. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of that. You're seeing what's behind the scenes of this challenge and you're jumping in. Go to 500kchallenge.com right now and sign up. Do not wait jump into this challenge. There's no better time than right now to start figuring out how to grow your business by raising money. Whether you're a wholesaler, a flipper, a landlord, an Airbnb investor, a developer, a new home, new builder, you invest in land, you do seller financing on uh, notes on the back end, you uh, raise money for apartment buildings, you're a syndicator. This challenge is for you. You could be just a regular business owner or a realtor. This challenge is for you. Go to 500kchallenge.com, grab a spot, super cheap, probably the cheapest thing with the most value that we've ever delivered next to Flip Hacking Live. Go grab your spot at this challenge, 500kchallenge.com, and I'll see you inside there. Bye. Hey, it's Bill again, and I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th in Orlando, Florida. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house flippers to walk you through everything they're doing, how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounts counted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learn. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. Fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th in Orlando, Florida. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.